Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So Democrats want to impeach? All right. Have fun with that. You're only hurting yourselves. I didn't say there wasn't anger at President Trump. I got a TikTok that you can walk through that'll make you say, man, Trump did not handle that well. It's not the first time I've said the words Trump has not handled that well. Maybe it's because Trump doesn't handle certain things well. He's built for some subjects and not for others. Right? Some are built for comfort and some are built for speed. President Trump is not the touchy-feely guy. Said this when coronavirus was was first uh, growing. If you needed somebody who was going to embrace the nation, it's not Donald Trump. Oh, it, it is Donald Trump? No, 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 no. You may approve of Donald Trump's policies like I do, but let's admit when there are issues. It's just like it's not Joe Biden's way to, um, I don't know, not call you a racist. In the end, he has to call you a racist. I mean, that's just what the whole party does now. Trump's got issues. Biden has bad policy. I mean, that's the story. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. But Democrats moving forward with impeachment? Big mistake. Big mistake that's going to hurt, going to further galvanize the right, even though the right has got its own questions to answer. Right? What has four years of Trump wrought? The one thing that I was told when Trump was elected is that, well, he's going to destroy conservatism. Nope. I say that clear as day. Absolutely, positively not. Did he do damage to the Republican Party? Hmm. I think that's slowly becoming obvious. The question will be how long does that that uh, damage last and how is that damage healed up? I mean, that's a, that's a legitimately good question. I think it's a good argument or, or a good conversation piece. And the right doesn't shy away from those things, or at least they shouldn't. But there'll be some people who are totally obsessed with the populism conversation. And then there'll be some people who want to engage Republicanism, and there'll be people like myself who want to engage uh, these conservative values and moving them forward. I don't think conservative values don't involve fighting. And so I find myself with Trump having less issues with his style. Also partially because I'm very used to the style. Uh, The the tone of voice, the tenor, the the expressions, everything else, kind of how I grew up. So maybe I'm just I'm just more uh, attuned to it, but on the same uh, on the other side of that coin, same coin though. Whenever we've talked about the legal challenges here, we were very clear the chances of succeeding were one percent. Let the challenges happen; it's fine. Doesn't bother me at all and in any way. Let them happen; it's just fine. Is it going to work? Oh no! Voter fraud—it's a hard thing to prove exists hard thing to prove but we said very clearly fraud voter fraud was just a big umbrella that we discussed these other things we discussed some serious legal issues i don't think there's anything wrong with that even when we discuss the the challenging of the electors 
Some will argue, well, no, no, no. There's, there's no way to actually challenge the electors the way it was done. It was fundamentally wrong of the Republicans, and it was about lying to people. I never argued it that way. I said it's a challenge. You've got a, a legal path to do so. Do so. If you think it's going to have a negative effect, well, then you could say so. But the idea that that was sedition, as Democrats are saying, it's not sedition. It's 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 so embarrassing when they say that. It's like saying is what we saw uh, uh, last week at the Capitol a uh, uh, insurrection. No, damn fools and some dangerous damn fools, but damn fools nonetheless. Guys showing up with zip ties. What was their plan? What was their plan? They were going to arrest some members of Congress. This brings us to the Capitol Police, where. It, we can't not engage this story. Ask ourselves why they weren't doing the job. And that's, that sounds like I'm attacking Capitol Police. I want to understand it. Because they allowed this. There's enough video showing Capitol Police just kind of walking away, kind of allowing. You know there's this video going out right now, this hero cop who led the, uh, the, um, intruders away from the Senate because he went down one hallway instead of another. I saw a video just days ago of that cop with those guys. It looked like he was just rather simply, enjoyably engaged with them. And then there's this camera from behind him. I, it, it, it looked so strange. And I said, is this staged? This is crazy. And now everyone's calling him a hero. I don't know about that. I don't want to be rude. I don't know about that. I want to know why Capitol Police weren't there. The Capitol Police chief, according to the reporting, sought the D.C. National Guard help before the riots, but was denied by supervisors. This Steve Sund, who has resigned, the question is why? Why was this denied? According to others, the people who did the denying, the sergeant-at-arms of the House and the sergeant-at-arms of the Senate. And that's why Nancy Pelosi fired him in the House and Mitch McConnell demanded and accepted the resignation in the Senate. The House sergeant-at-arms, Paul Irving, rebuffed the idea, arguing he was uncomfortable with the optics that such a move would bring in advance of Wednesday's protest. The Senate Sergeant-at-Arms, Michael Stenger, told Sun that he should informally reach out to his contacts at the Guard and ask them to lean forward and be on alert. Well, that mistake is a firing offense. And so maybe we can now say our anger should not be a Capitol Police. Except I asked the question, if someone was trying to break into my house, wouldn't I fight? They were breaking into Congress. Why wasn't there more of a fight? And some people are like, they were just, they were protesting. How dare you think there should be violence? It's not a question of whether or not I think there should be violence. It's a question of, uh, that's not how we do things. And so why weren't there rubber bullets? That's the wrong conversation? I would think that that's a rational conversation. A very rational one. I can do two things at once. I think you can too. 
I can look at the Democrats screaming about insurrection and screaming about sedition and actually laugh at them while saying that there were definitely Trump supporters who were causing these actions and wondering where the Capitol Police were. Now, I'm not going to go down the line of Kamala Harris or Joe Biden and say that the Capitol Police are a bunch of racists because they weren't shooting everybody, and the reason is because they were white. That's a messed up thing to say, but that's exactly what we're going to get four years of. That's what we're going to have four years of with these two bigots in office. If you're calling all the Capitol Police racists, which they did, why can't I say bigot? But I started this conversation talking about Donald Trump. And there are some things that he can't do. Some things he can't do. And one of the things he can't do is react quickly. And one thing he can't do is make you think that when he puts something out there that's heartfelt, that he means it. Right? That's just not a Trumpism. Now, I am, as a guy who isn't interested in the touchy-feely, right, I'm cool with that. It doesn't mean that America doesn't want it. Right? So at 8.17 in the morning, this was this is a pretty good put together by uh, Jim Garrity over at National Review. This isn't about Jim's politics or National Review's politics. I'm just talking about what he assembled here, he amassed. At 8.17 a.m., Donald Trump tweeted that Wednesday morning, all Mike Pence has to do is send them back to the States and we win. Do it, Mike. This is a time for extreme courage. But there was nothing that Mike Pence could do. He doesn't get to send back electors. It's not how it works. I have never read it to say uh, that, that he could. And when Trump said in his speech, Mike Pence is going to have to come through for us. If he doesn't, that will be a sad day for our country because you're sworn to uphold our Constitution. Mike Pence, I hope you're going to stand up for the good of our Constitution, for the good of our country. If you're not, I'm going to be very disappointed in you. I will tell you right now. I always thought that was pretty disgusting from President Trump. Not a way to treat Mike Pence at all. At 2.16... Mike Pence was ushered off the floor of the Senate. That's when uh, the Capitol was put on lockdown and the protesters broke into the Capitol complex. Eight minutes later, 224. Secret Service determines the rioters represent a real threat to Mike Pence, and Donald Trump says on Twitter, Mike Pence didn't have the courage to do what should have been done to protect our country and our Constitution, giving states a chance to certify a corrected set of facts, not the fraudulent or inaccurate ones which they were asked to previously certify. The USA demands the truth. So you now have a moment where there are these people in the Capitol. Secret Service is worried, and Trump is still tweeting this. Now, maybe he had it scheduled, but you'll notice how that just doesn't... He's not even thinking about the other thing. And if you want to wonder or know, hey, this what is the issue people have with Trump? It is stuff like this. This is very, very clear. And it goes on where 14 minutes after that, Trump urges everyone to stay peaceful. And at 6 p.m., Trump tweets, these are the things and events that have happened that happened when a sacred landslide election victory so unceremoniously and viciously stripped away from great patriots who have been badly and unfairly treated for so long. Trump doesn't have 
the ability to see, hey, whoa, whoa, the country sees it this way. And part of that is his strength and part of that is his weakness. It's a real understanding that you got to do in the postmortem on on Trump. You got to be able to do that because his whole presidency is going to be put into those last 30 days and what happened in the Capitol, as opposed to fighting China, aggressively outing them, discussing uh, the border, the lowering of regulations, the power of Operation Warp Speed, etc. Good things, justices and judges all around the nation. Valuable things that should be remembered and respected. But in the moment where America wants the hug and feels safe, it's just not who he is. And those tweets prove that. And that's something that Republicans, many on the political right, are just going to come to the reckoning of. And one of the things they're going to have to figure out is how do you win future elections when that's the view that middle America, if you will, those people in the political middle, see and are disgusted by. Real conversation. We're going to get into it. We've got a year to figure it out. We're not going to do it all today. I'm Tony Katz. So President Trump can't be on Twitter because he's violent or something. And Twitter needs to get rid of tweets and people because they're violent or something. And Parler can't exist because it's violent or something. Meanwhile, Kathy Griffin is still on Twitter. Her photo of the severed head of Donald Trump, if you haven't uh, for already forgotten. That's, that's all fine. Completely fine. A Chinese embassy can still be on Twitter with some full-on propaganda. I'll get to that in a little bit. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669. But to be clear about what it is we're seeing from social media and the pressure that they are feeling, Sarah Jiang of the New York Times, the editorial board, former member, I should say, wants to know when Twitter is going to get rid of Andy No. Andy No, journalist. Journalist who has been exposing what's going on with Antifa. I mean, my gosh, that's somebody who shouldn't be on Twitter? Then there's a journalist over at Yahoo News who thinks that Molly Hemingway Molly Hemingway of The Federalist. She shouldn't be on Twitter. They're excited about these things. They're overjoyed about these things. They are thrilled with the idea of of getting people off these social media sites. Preventing people from speaking out. So clear. Overjoyed. They just, they just, they just can't wait. That's what's so ugly here. So incredibly ugly, right? I said earlier, and uh, it's it's up on my uh, <laughs> on my home station, wibc.com. You know, people gotta you know accept what happened, 
and accept what's happening. Right? They, they have to do both things. It was so funny. Uh, they, they they did a write up of it. I don't do the write ups on 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 the site, right? I, I don't I don't do those. Um, and one of the things that they did is that they they took a, a piece that I did earlier and they wrote about it. And it, the the heading was um, wait where where is it? Hold on, this is so great. Conservatives need to get on the same page about what transpired last week in our country. And of course, social media being social media. That's weird. I never heard anyone having to get on the same page and tell the truth before. This is why I'm very I, I, let let happen let what happens on social media happen. You got to listen to the entirety of, of of a thing. What does it mean, though? What do conservatives have to do? What would it mean to be getting on the same page? Well, I would argue as I have been now for for this show, that it's about understanding how you move forward. As I was just talking about, you gotta accept what happened. You gotta realize its problem. You gotta realize the lies that are being told about it. Like for example, insurrection sedition, which is nonsense stuff and so harmful. And then you gotta say, okay, how do you go out and, and sell your story that your way of looking at the nation is better than theirs, right? Because that's what it all is. That's exactly what it all is. It is amazing. And this is why so much of what you see, it's so hard to trust. This is where it gets ugly. How do you trust anything? How do you do it? And one of the reasons I think talk radio is so incredibly important, but it's sort of going to require listening as opposed to uh, somebody taking a headline out of context. Now, don't get me wrong. If, I, if, if the headline says conservatives need to get on the same page, you might think like, uh, well, what, what aren't they on the same page about? But when you listen, it's very clear. The honest assessment of what happened, some people have a hard time with that because it may hurt their side. They shouldn't. The honest assessment of how people are lying and moving it politically, which we must dismiss. And then a reconfirmation of values and going out there and doing the work. I'm Tony Katz. Okay. This is a, wasn't expecting this. Fox News changing its lineup. I mean, I'm really surprised. And then CNN changed their lineup, and it's like, what in the world? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. The CNN change isn't that big. They're going to increase Jake Tapper's show, which, uh, okay, that's sad. They're going to shorten Wolf Blitzer, but say la vie. Now the Sunday show, State of the Union, will be Tapper and Dana Bash, and they're going to take turns. One week on, one week off. That's what they're going to do. And then some other maneuvers are taking place. Jim Acosta leaving the White House beat. He's going to be their chief domestic correspondent, anchoring on the weekends. So uh, you won't be watching CNN on the weekends. The Fox story is more fascinating. The Fox story is nuts. 
because is this really something that was in in the offing and in the planning or is this newsmax putting pressure on they are moving martha mccallum in 7 p.m martha mccallum is facing pressure from greg kelly over at newsmax he doesn't have the ratings she has but he's getting some ratings so they're moving it out of the 7 p.m. slot. And now here's how it goes. You've got Fox and Friends from 6 to 9. You will then have America's Newsroom with Bill Hemmer and Dana Perino. That's going to go 9 to 11. Now, that was Sandra Smith, and then Sandra Smith was in that spot uh, with Bill Hemmer for forever, and then Bill Hemmer went uh, to take over for Shep Smith, and then it was Ed Henry, and then Ed Henry had uh, the issues of, of sexual impropriety, as, as was reported uh, and, and alleged, and then um, they had some, some rotating people, and now this. So Dana Perino loses the daily briefing. She stays on the five. I don't, I don't know, and does it with Hemmer. Now, Dana, I, I think, is great. I think Hemmer is, is a rock star. I think Hemmer's really good at it. I, it's weird that you took Hemmer and you put him solo, and now you're bringing him back as a duo. I don't know. I don't know if there's a positive or a negative. I just think it's odd. That's all. So that's 9 to 11. So Fox and Friends of 6 to 9, that for uh, Hemmer and Perino, or Perino and Hemmer, or America's Newsroom, they're calling it from 9 to 11. Harris Faulkner gets her own show from 11 to noon. She had been doing outnumbered overtime. Now it's going to be called the Faulkner Focus, and that's from 11 to 12. Outnumbered remains at 12 to 1. From 1 to 3 is a new show. America Reports with John Roberts and Sandra Smith. So they move Sandra Smith over to the after, early afternoon with John Roberts, who was the, the White House guy. Well, ain't that a whole bunch of stuff right there? Now, the question is, what happens at 3 o'clock? That's where Martha McCallum's going. Martha McCallum starts at 3. Then Cavuto. Cavuto is staying. It's like they move all this around and they don't understand where a lot of the, the disappointment in, in the Fox lineup is. Uh, Cavuto at four, so McCallum at three, Cavuto at four, the five at five, Brett Bear at six. They're now going to introduce a new show at seven, an opinion program that's going to have a more panel style of, of discussion. Well, that means they're just kind of redoing the five, right? That's that's what they're doing. And that's going to be at seven, and then it'll be Tucker, and then it'll be, is Laura Ingram at nine or is Laura Ingram at ten? Yeah, Laura Ingram's at nine, and then Hannity's at ten. I think that's the way it is. Shannon Bream at 11. I think, I think that's the way it goes. I don't... By that time of night, I'm already in bed because <laughs> I do a morning show as well. Right? So that's that. I think that's very interesting because it leads one to wonder whether or not there's going to be a real change in um, the way, well, maybe Fox presents things or maybe it shows a real change in where the audience has gone.
Maybe, maybe, maybe. Not 100% sure. It could be nothing. Absolutely, positively, nothing whatsoever. But I think that it's it's interesting in the wake of what happened post-election. Absolutely interesting. A uh, couple things going on in the markets where the Dow is now down 113, and one of them is Bitcoin. Bitcoin with the pullback in a big, big, huge, giant, massive way. Bitcoin last week was at 40,000, now 31,800. It's just been trending down. Well, there comes a moment people might actually take some profit. Not everybody is a hodler. What's a hodler? Hold on for dear life. H-O-D-L. That's what they talked about with cryptocurrency. Hold on for dear life. And they're called hodlers. Not everybody is like that. Twitter started off down uh, and is now down a little over 6%, down $3 to 48.19. This because they got rid of President Trump. If you're getting rid of President Trump, you're getting rid of the moneymaker, baby. Big dollars from Donnie T. Now, wasn't Donald Trump supposed to make an announcement about some social media thing he was doing? Ari, wasn't that supposed to happen? I mean, they, he said that. Don Jr. said that, actually. Oh, that, that there would be an announcement about social media stuff. Eh, maybe it'll happen today. I don't know. He's allegedly supposed to speak. Trump is supposed to speak. Allegedly at like 3.15, but that was before impeachment, so he may be pumping the brakes. I don't oh, know. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he is or, or he isn't. If he was doing it during the show, I'd, I'd bring it to you. I'd bring it to you. But the, 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 the markets, the movement, uh, what's happening with, with Twitter, uh, what's happening with, with crypto, um, I am so curious to see what happens in now, what is it, uh, eight days, nine days? nine days when when joe biden is sworn in and how markets react how economies react to this what what will we really see in terms of policy perspective uh from from him and and from uh the the new treasury secretary etc and and whether or not america buys in right if if we make the argument that america just couldn't take any more donald trump that's why they voted for joe biden okay now the question is, do they like what they get from Joe Biden? Will they be just like, will they say, oh, it's fine, it's fine. as long as it's not Trump, who? You know, and wipe the, wipe the sweat from their brow and, and everything else. Or will they say, oh, man, this isn't what I wanted. Oh, this is no good. And will Democrats feel pressure? I can't answer that. I cannot answer that. What I can answer is that Biden is letting you know where his priorities are. Our focus will be on small businesses on Main Street that aren't wealthy and well-connected, that are facing real economic hardships through no fault of their own. Our priority will be black, Latino, Asian, and Native American-owned small businesses, women-owned businesses, and finally having equal access to resources needed to reopen and rebuild. But we're going to make a concerted effort to help small businesses in low-income communities in big cities, small towns, rural communities that have faced systemic barriers to relief. Think of the mom and pop owner with a couple of employees. 
who can't pick up the phone and call a banker who doesn't have a lawyer, an accountant, to help them through this complicated process, to know if they're even qualified or who simply didn't know where, where this relief was available in the first place. Now, something that we said here was if we're going to apply, for example, Paycheck Protection Program, uh, first come, first serve. If I find out that banks are putting favored clients at the top of the list, I, I favor going after those banks 100%. 100%. But you're going to focus on uh, this ethnicity, that ethnicity, as opposed to building up the economy. You're focused on the wokeness. <sighs> Instead of all, if you fit into the category. To me, that's a very bad sign for the economic future. I'm Tony Katz. So we've been talking about the Capitol Police and what happened at the Capitol when people were able to break in. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's great to be with you. Well, this getting reported Michael Kaplan, uh, CBS News, right? Is he still with CBS News or formerly of CBS News? No, he's an investigative producer at CBS. He's reporting this. The U.S. Capitol Police has had to respond to a, quote, couple of incidents, unquote, of officers threatening to harm themselves in the wake of the attack on Capitol Hill. This includes a female officer who turned in her own weapon for fear of what might happen. I, I'm i not sure what to do with that information. One source telling CBS that the department is demoralized, quote, there's tremendous moral injury, a sense of failure weighing them down. They went home to family and were asked, how did this happen? And it's very easy for those officers to interpret that as, how could you let this happen? Well, let me, to, to these Capitol officers, there is a large question of how could you let this happen? But I think that you are right if you, are, if you were to say, and maybe it's not even a question of you're right. What we should say is, how did, was this allowed to happen? We know, as we've been reporting on, that requests were made for more help and you were turned down by the House Sergeant-at-Arms and by the Senate Sergeant-at-Arms. We don't know why. We want to know why. We want to know what your orders were that day. There, there's going to be blame. But there has to be also within that. All right, here's how we're going to do it better every time from here on out. You got to ex- accept that, you know, you watch what happened in the Capitol and you're like, what the hell? You didn't even think it was possible, right? How many evil-doing groups around the globe are like, wait, it's that easy? I just put on a Viking helmet and I'm in? Tommy, Tommy, go to Amazon and order a Viking helmet. No, 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 with the, with the longhorn, the longhorns, Tommy. No, not the Texas longhorns. Long, I'll do it myself. That is a frightening proposition. Legitimately scary. Legitimately scary is what's happening with social media and what they're doing to America. Twitter is not your friend. Amazon is not your friend. Apple is not your friend. Google is not your friend. They went after this group, Parler. 
They decided, oh, what you're doing isn't good enough. Oh, you're not policing enough. We won't let you on the app stores. We won't allow your servers. Goodbye. That's a lot of power. Representative Devin Nunez says it's racketeering. It's one weird place where conservatives and the far left do meet up. And so breakups may come. Breaking up these companies may come. I'm never really a fan, but <laughs> look at what they're doing. Look at how they're acting. Look at how many people are so proud. They've never been so proud as to silence people. It's, it's so beneath us. If I argue that Pennsylvania screwed up regarding the election, you tell me, oh, you're denying the election. Screw you. This brings us to a tweet from Nikki Haley. Silencing people, not to mention the president of the U.S., is what happens in China, not our country. To which Chris Hayes of MSNBC responds, I can guarantee you no private Chinese firm would be able to kick Xi off their platform. This is considered a rational response? You're right. Xi wouldn't be able to get kicked off the platform. But in this situation, the platforms are Xi. There's the issue. It's ugly and people should say so. It isn't a question of whether or not they can do it. It's whether or not they should. And people are like, well, wait, I thought you said that the baker didn't have to make the cake. If the baker doesn't have to decorate the cake, well, then the platforms, they, they don't have to host people. Yeah, but the baker's lives were destroyed and the government went after them. The government went after them. They're not going to do this in this case. If these are monopolistic practices and they're not broken up by the government, isn't the government therefore condoning it? It's an argument. I don't know if it'll hold, but it's certainly an argument and one worthy of our time and attention. All the while, Twitter allows this. From the Chinese embassy in the U.S., we Uyghurs have a saying. Two pennies earned with one's hard work is better than a mountain given by the emperor. We want good life, so we work and make money with our hard work. Why would we need to be forced to do so? It's a panel in China, press conference on Xinjiang-related issues. Every Uyghur Muslim will be killed tomorrow if they don't say what they're told to today. This is China. And they are engaging in a full-on propaganda war on Twitter. And Twitter's like, ah, oh, sure, that's fine. Ah, oh, you, you're, you're questioning the election. That's not fine. You got to go. Sorry. Oh, you said something we think triggered somebody. You don't get to be on the Twitter box. Oh, you're going to just engage in propaganda about Uyghur Muslims and how happy the women are with the state-sanctioned rape? Ah, oh, yeah. You just, you just tweet away. You just tweet away. We'll look over in this direction like nothing ever happened at all in any way. I mean, things are going to get ugly. They're already ugly. They're going to get worse before they get better. And our job is to remain calm all is well. Eh, it's not perfectly well, but remaining calm is going to matter a great deal.